I know you're out there. I can feel you now. You are listening to Spiritual Fitness, brought to you by Inspire the Collective. Spiritual fitness? What is that? Spiritual fitness is the digital community space helping everyday greatness seekers all over the world challenge and conquer one of the biggest obstacles we all face, our own mind. Embarking in topics to get you out of your own way, strengthen your internal game, and excite your soul for passionate growth. Prepare to open your hearts for truth, clear your mind for inception, and strap your carcass in for a soul awakening shakedown as we unpack another episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good wherever you are. Welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Fitness. We are glad to have you tuning in and listening to our sessions. Just a reminder, you can find us on Facebook under the Spiritual Fitness Group. In this episode, we're going to continue the conversation we had last time about trauma. We had two episodes about post-traumatic growth and trauma and how we actually grow from that. And in this one, we're going to continue a little bit and look at our perspective on how trauma actually affects one's ability to communicate needs. So like, for example, if you had any trauma in your childhood, it's most likely that you've quit using your voice in some manner or another. We tend to not use our voice quite often anyways, especially any of you women out there listening. And I feel like the more trauma we had at a younger age, the less and less we use our voice. And it's kind of an intriguing topic to think about if you actually use your voice to communicate your needs when it's necessary. Yeah, I totally agreed. It's um, I, I can I can totally vouch for being in so many places in my life where I've definitely not used my voice, and I find it hard to communicate. I feel uneasy in my body. It's almost like your throat gets clogged up or blocked, and your stomach turns into knots, or even maybe you like start sweating. But you know, it's communication. We know as in humanity, it's it's completely crucial, and it's the only way that we can get to what we want and what we need. You know, thankfully, I've started to change that in my life for my own child traumas. And I've been really incorporating into my life the whole idea, like you can't get if you don't ask, you know, so we got to, if we want something, you literally just got to say it, we got to say it. And I think it's, I think what I've realized for me was um, it had to come, it was coming, where was the place or the emotional context of my needs coming from? Was it coming from a selfish need? Was it coming from anger? Was it coming from jealousy, envy? Was it greed? Was it something from a negative state or was it something that was a little bit more positive? And I think that we get so caught up in this idea that we're, when we want something, it's selfish. And so then we become fearful to be, to be truthful in what we want. And we, we don't express openly. We don't express honestly. And so we don't share that. And so that then becomes part of this like hindrance in who we come as adult, who we become as adults. Um, and so like, if, if you're listening to this thinking like, yeah, I, I actually have a hard time doing that myself. You know, if you're, if you're shaking your head in a way of like, yeah, I, I get that. Or I'm like that. I have that, you know, it's looking deeper into it. Do you, do you understand your own reasons to why you don't ask your needs? And this is what we're want to get at in this, in this session and on the podcast is, why aren't we asking to have our needs met? And, and what is it that's keeping us from doing so? Yeah, I, I love what you said too about feeling uneasy in the body because it's so huge. Like the minute that you realize that you're not communicating a need, your body actually has a reaction to it. And you do feel uneasy about mm-hmm. trying to voice 
what you need. And for me, I know it's always like a stomach ache or something hurts in my throat, but it, it's like you were saying, like growing up and learning how to ask. I mean, one of our friends always says to us, you know, if you don't ask, the, the answer is always no. Mm. And it's exactly the way it is. I, I know for me, like I quit using my voice when I was little, I would get manipulated by a parent in some way, shape or form. So when I would express as a child and be honest and be real and be, be who I was in the moment, it was okay. But then in my situation, what was happening is afterwards, my, my words were getting used against me. So it only really took a handful of times for that to happen before I completely quit asking for my needs, because why would I want somebody to use my own communication against me? And I feel like, I feel like this still happens now as adults, right? We go through, maybe we have people in our life that manipulate us or guilt trip us or shame us. Mm -hmm. So then we quit using our voice. Yeah, very true. Uh, I mean, and I, th I think well, I'll speak for me personally. And now that, you know, being into what our healing work is through our retreats and now coaching and stuff, like we start to find that it's very common that more people have that, those, all those things that you just named about why we don't use our voice is comes from our loved ones, usually first, right? It's usually our primary caregiver. And it's not as usually it's not of purposeful intent, which a lot of times it is, but we don't even realize that this happened because we're kids, you know, we, we just we wanted to get by. We want to be, we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to be taken care of. We want to be needed. And yet then that translates into our adulthood. And for me personally, like I know when I start getting into situations where I really want to use my voice, especially in things where I don't want to do something, or I feel in my, in my intuition, it's like, I, I really don't want to do that. Whether it's a favor, lend money, take a job, give my time out that I really don't have. I just would not know how to stand in my own discernment and say no. And I'd get uneasy in my body. It makes me sweat. And then I'd commit to something and halfway through doing it, or even sooner, I, I'm, I'm already hating it. Um, and so now as I've been working on that in the last few years, what's been really interesting is when I, when those situations come up now with the, like the awareness that I'm, I am that way, or used to be that way. And that I have this limiting belief or this limiting story that I can't communicate my needs or I don't have a voice is that my whole body starts to tremble. And, um, you know, Jamie, I, I really like that you pointed out to me at one point, she was like, you were like, that's like your inner child, like nervous and shaking and, and terrified that you're about to yeah. completely step out of the normal of your comfort zone of what it's used to doing. And you're yeah. shaking up the normal of what makes your inner child feel safe and you're going to go against it. And so it thinks it's going to be even more fearful, more trauma, more scary. And I like the tactic that you, re, that you tell me, and I share this now with, with people, with clients. And it's like, you have to embrace your inner child and you say, no, look, I got you. I'm aware of what's going on now. Hmm. Make the decisions for myself. I'm doing everything to take care of us and I'm making the right decisions and really holding that space for yourself and your old trauma traumas or your old inner child that is fearful of those things. Um, cause yeah, I, I definitely know what that's like to just like totally freeze in the moment when it's like, Oh, I got to communicate what I really need and want. This is scary. Yeah. And you freeze up and then you like, don't say anything at all. And later yeah. on you're like, man, I should have said that. <laughs> right. Regret happened. Yeah. I think that it's so helpful when you recognize that stuff going on in your body. Like you're saying, like you can feel your stomach trembling or for me, it was always like 
like not to be gross, but I would get sick and then I'd have to go to the bathroom. If you know what I'm saying? Like my stomach would start trembling. And it was like, just the thought of trying to take care of myself made me that uncomfortable. And now after so many years, I'm like, oh, that's my signal. Like, this is something I really need to be doing to bust through that um, old behavior and old pattern and, and realizing like, I've carried this with me for 30 plus years and looking at this topic, it's like the detriment that's happened in my relationships, because you had touched on a second ago about the beliefs behind it all. And we make those beliefs up as a kid. And I know I created a story back when I was younger saying, I'm not good enough to be loved, right? I didn't, I'm not good enough to be loved the way that I want to be loved. And I have a mistaken belief around that, that my needs in a relationship are never going to be met. And of course, that's not true. Or there's real no evidence that I can point to that because what's wound up happening is that, you know, I haven't even asked for it. Right. I always just assume the other person doesn't care enough about me to give my needs (laughs) to me. I'm making these inward assumptions and I'm not even having a real conversation with somebody. And it's disgusting. Once I started looking at it, like, wow, I really don't use my voice. I'm assuming yeah, we tend to assume we we assume or we want to assume that people know what we want. And I think that comes again, if you bring our inner child forward as a child, we don't always know what we want or what we need. That's you know the role of our primary caregivers to show up for us as we're learning. And so then we fall into this assumption stage and it, then it really rolls into like our relationships, like you said, and our partners. And we really then assume too much. We assume that people know us, even our friends, like our close friends could be five years, 10 years, 15, 20 year old friends. And we think that these people just know us and that they should know how we act and they should know how we respond. And it's putting far too much expectation on people. Um, and then it, where, I, where I found in my past where it really hindered things was my romantic partners, you know, that they should just know what we want because we're together all the time and we live together or you know, I've told you all these things. And it's like, well, they have all their own things going on. It's like creating your own, your own inner turmoil, your own foul play in, in, in your own part of what you're creating for yourself. You're setting yourself up for more pain. You're setting yourself up to be let down within your relationships because you're putting things out there. Like you said, that you're not even communicating. And instead yeah. of just saying, Hey, you know, I'm feeling this way. I, I could use you in this way, or I could use some space right now, or, um, this is what I like when I'm in a joyful state or a sad state or an angry state and just literally saying it and allowing the person to show up for us. And I think for, for me personally, it's really boiled down to, again, the thing, the, the idea of being accepted. And if I voice myself, will I be accepted? If I just keep my, if I just keep my mouth quiet, then they'll accept me and then, you know, they won't go against me, but then it's just like, you're creating, then you don't even accept yourself down the line. It's, quite the vicious cycle we get into with these assumptions and not using our voice and then yeah. not having none of our needs met. It's quite interesting. We sit in this weird little pot of like discomfort, <laughs> comfort, <laughs> stagnation, not stagnation. It's so strange. And it does boil down to assumptions. I mean, I remember when one of my kids started dating and she was making the mistake of same thing. She would assume that her partner just understood her. And I mean, she started dating at 14, 15. None of you know what's going on at 14 and 15. Usually none of us had a clue. If you look back now, and I was like, 
I don't know. I did a really good job of telling her not to, not to be that way. But then I, I started looking at this even further and looking at not just romantic relationships, but even between like, like us, brother and sister, or your cousins or your friends. And, and then it made me go, well, geez, why am I not using my voice? What is the major thing here? And it, like you said, you tapped right into it with acceptance. What's the opposite of acceptance? Rejection. And that fear that they are not actually going to accept me. And that fear of, oh my gosh, what if I tell them my needs and they just refuse to even find a way to assist me or support me in that. And that fear is enough to keep you quiet and enough to make you not say anything. And, and it's so funny because when you think about like somebody supposed to know and be a mind reader, it sounds ridiculous. And to, to kind of make it seem like another person wouldn't care for your needs. It sounds ridiculous because most of the time people that love you and care about mm. you and that you are in any kind of relationship with at all, let's hope by now you've already gotten to the point where you know that they care about you and that they're going to, of course, support you in what you need in life. But, you know, taking, taking that into account, I kind of started going on the rabbit hole of looking back at all my relationships in general and uh, interactions with my friends, my family, and so many times that I just shut down and not use my voice. And I don't face like that beast head on like I'm supposed to. So it's, I don't know, you feel like a coward and a fraud and a hypocrite sometimes, like all the nasty names that you could think of to call yourself, you know, that after effect. And you're like, oh, I should have said this. I should have oh, said totally. that. Right. And then you just let it go on too. <laughs> yeah. It's like you put yourself as your, you put as an adult, you put yourself in your own inner child's dark closet that you used to go hide in or, or you know, have to be put in timeout behind. Uh, you put yourself in adult timeout with your own inner turmoil that you start. Um, it's so true. And it's, you know, I think I just briefly mentioned this a bit. It was like, why do we feel it's a selfish act, a negative selfish act to want to feel whole, to want to feel complete, to want to feel honored or loved or fully respected or fully seen or even fully heard. Why do we feel that it's like, it's a selfish desire in a negative aspect to be completely satisfied in our own body? Like, why is that a bad thing? And just encourage you or invite you or challenge you to really think about that. If you're someone that you're like, wow, I really don't use my voice enough or I don't, I, I do have a hard time voicing my needs. The idea is then again, not to shame yourself or to stand there in judgment, but to bring light to the fact that, well, okay, I really, I really do have a hard time with that. And where is the story coming from? Or what are the rules that I'm putting on this idea of having my needs met? Why do I feel that I don't deserve my needs to be met? Um, you know, maybe even just taking a piece of paper out and, and writing some of the things that you may really think of that may be why you don't ask to have your needs met, just write them out and read them and really look at them, shine some light on them. And, and honestly, when you do that, you start to see how ridiculous some of the rules are that we set on ourselves. You know, why have we allowed our, like our outer world to hinder our own ability to openly communicate our needs and how we seek to have those fulfilled because of these rules we put on ourselves. So yeah, I just challenge you to, to look at that, shine some light on it. Shining light on it is the best part because once you do that, you're like, ah, oh, what the heck? I need to make some change and quickly. Yeah. And to remember too, that like, it's not just the outer world that is affecting 
whether or not you express your needs is so much internal stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's acceptance from our loved ones. We know that and the fear of rejection and, but there is that childhood mistaken belief. I know for me, I can still hear my grandmother saying, you know, children are meant to be seen and not heard. And so I, I instinctively at a young age quit using my voice. And then of course, you know, having a parent that would use your words against you later on and manipulation and we're not taught this stuff. I mean, we go to school and we're taught how to take tests and those tests don't involve talking about your needs usually. I mean, I'd like to think that it's starting to change, but I know I wasn't taught. I know that I wish I would have been told how to tell others my needs and to feel safe doing it. You know, I can't believe like so many years in my life that I'm barely beginning to feel safe enough to do it. I'm barely beginning to feel good enough to do it. And it's, it's difficult with my own family still. Let's not even talk about intimate relationships. It's still difficult with my own family because of my own stories about not being good enough. And they're going to use their, my words against me and I'm not safe. And yeah, definitely taking a look at the reasons why you don't express your needs, but taking it a step further too. And and maybe taking a look at what your needs actually are. When you shut them down for so long, you just forget they're no longer there with you. You know, you serve everyone else and your needs are right out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, with that, it's just, when was the last time you, you actually were vocal and upfront about your needs Um, to someone, to anyone, you know, regardless if it's friends or your partner, your family, maybe even your kids or colleagues at work, your boss at work really start to take a look at that. When, when, when do you feel that you are either lacking or you feel that you're confident in doing it and, and, and shining light on those things. And we had an episode that we talked about using uh, the five challenging questions on how you can overcome certain things in your life. And this would be another good area of, of where you could start to challenge yourself and in your own beliefs. Like if you say, well, I want to voice my opinion, but I might not be loved or I might not be approved or whatever that value that you're putting in yourself for thinking that you can't voice, you know, you could always start with the top, the first, very first question. How do I know that to always be true? You know, find a way to see yourself through that initial fear or setback or self-belief or story that you have by just asking maybe even question number one of the five challenging questions. How do I know that to always be true? That keyword is always, you know, usually you'll find so many answers of why it's, it's not true. And, um, You'll find more ways to learn to communicate that fit you, that are safe for you. And you'll learn that, I think, you know, for me, I learned that it was when I was coming from a place of wanting self-love and I wanted to free myself from my own hardships or my own like possible knowing that I might have regret from doing this, from not voicing my opinion, it helped me step in a little bit further. Still scared, still timid, still a bit shy. But instead of allowing the emotions to let me shut down and like continue perpetuate a problem that I know is going to make me suffer longer, why not, like you said, lean into it, right? When I feel that uneasiness, know that something's trying to steer me away from something I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with and look at it, ask myself one of the five challenging questions and lean in just enough that you feel comfortable. We all do things in stages that's, that's in our comfort level. You know, we're not telling you to jump off, jump off the cliff right away maybe take the first step down (laughs) yeah maybe just jimmy walk down one meter before and look over before you go (laughs) you know maybe you got to go 20 more meters down before you finally jump but 
just know that those past versions of ourselves that don't allow us to lean in, to step in, to allow self-love, to allow to have our needs met, they're not serving us. And, and they definitely deserve to be changed and they can be changed. Um, everything that's within our, within our own control can be changed, especially when it comes to having our needs met. Very true. And shifting the perspective on that is huge. And just like Michael said, go through the questions. How do I know that to always be true? And just take a look and can you shift your story and reframe all of those reasons why you don't express your needs? Maybe you take it a little bit further. I know for someone like me, I raised two kids on my own for 18 years, um, you know, single parent. And let me tell you, you forget what your own needs are sometimes. You just serve others all the time and you forget. So even just taking a moment and thinking about, okay, what are my needs? And we're talking simple things like, you know, this week I really need to eat a meal in peace and quiet. That's a need. And that deserves to be fulfilled. There's absolutely nothing wrong for asking for that from your family or something simple, you know, like taking a drive to go clear your mind before you get home and letting, letting the people that you're going home to know that, you know what, I'm going to take an extra 15, 20 minutes today after work. That's, that's nothing. That's a blink of an eye and it's a need that deserves to be fulfilled. So if you have lost your needs and lost sight of what they are, you know, encourage yourself this week to take a good look. What are your needs? They could be really simple. You know, I want to soak my feet today. I mean, it's <laughs> so simple, right? <laughs> and it's, it does wonders for you just filling your cup back up again and being able to keep serving and loving on the ones that you care for. Yeah. I like that you brought in the fact of something simple that want, that's your own needs. It could be even just like one of my needs is like, if you're a woman, it's like, I want to go, one of my needs is having my nails done because I actually get to feel, I don't know, empowered or more feminine, or it's time for yourself. And if you're a a guy, maybe it's like, I want to go to the gym or I want to go out to the park or I want to go for a hike. And like, that's when your needs met. But instead of saying, I want that, you, we usually tend to shut down and feel afraid and then we don't do it. So it's just like, find the things that are easier for you to accept that kind of fills your cup. When we're filling our own cup, as me and Jamie always talk about this, when you fill your own cup, you can overflow into others. But when you have an empty cup, you, you're pouring from an empty cup, you know? So it's really important for you to find those time to, to fill your own cup and take action and reach out and to us, to others, to other people in your community, your family. It's like, if someone's doing the things that you wish that you were doing, reach out. Like, again, that's voicing your point. You're using your voice to see what you need. And we're always going to be here for you with spiritual fitness and the community, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's the podcast community. Um, yeah. Again, take action, reach out, take the first steps to discovering the next greatest version of yourself and yeah, if you need Jamie's voice, you need my voice, whoever, we're waiting to be there for anyone in our community. Yes, we are. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you listening. Any comments, feedback, suggestions, we are always here to listen with an open ear. So please send, send messages our way. Have a beautiful rest of your day, night, morning, whatever it may be. And we will meet you back here again real soon. Take care. Love y'all. Thank you for listening in to this episode. Don't forget to join or subscribe to the podcast community to keep your spirit aligned with every spiritual fitness episode. And if you are seeking to keep flexing that spiritual muscle on the daily, jump into the tribe and social community of spiritual fitness on Facebook 
and on Instagram. Here, you can stay up to date with our inspirational posts and community encouragement. Because you aren't alone in this journey of evolution, growth, and becoming spiritually fit, we could all use a little push into reaching our greatest self. This thing called life is a co-collaboration of manifestation and intention as we each are walking a path of trying to reach a state of remembrance. So don't do it alone. If you know anyone else in their own search of greatness, just as we are, share the link to the podcast, to our social pages, and let's collectively take part in our ability to inspire the collective together. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin.